Hello, and welcome to the Van Life Lab podcast, where we are all about exploring the trials and joys of van life. I'm your host, Kayla, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Eric and Colby. Today, we're here to talk all about cooking and food and food storage in the van. I am currently coming to you from a parking area near um, near the Pacific coast of El Salvador, quite a bit south of where I normally am. I have unfortunately forgotten the name of the surf spot, but we're checking out a new area that uh, we've never been to before. It's free. I'm under a bunch of palm trees. There's a nice breeze, um, but I am recording in the dirt because my cell service isn't good enough to record inside the van. Eric and Colby, where are y'all coming from? We are still wedding planning, so we're still south of Portland, back in the Pacific Northwest. We have been spending a lot of time just relaxing at home, but also gathering supplies for the wedding, picking off uh, van projects here and there. I think I've had some sort of van project going on pretty much every single day. I've been chipping away at one major van project that I'm really excited to share. Not going to give any spoilers as to what that is, but I've never seen it before in a van. So stay tuned for what that is. But yeah, still in Oregon. Ooh, that's lovely and sounds much more fun. I just spent a weekend. We had all sorts of like minor fuses blow on Saga. So we, we had bad blinkers and bad um, windshield wipers at the same time. And um, then had gotten into a minor fender bender um, that took out a taillight. And uh, then our, our rear door had um, decided to stop working quite recently. So we got all of that fixed up. Um, recently for $80. So, you know, gotta love mechanics here in Central America. Um, but new projects are always more fun than repairs, in my opinion. All of that for $80? Yes. Yeah. All of that for $80. Pretty pleased with it all. And um, I'm actually going to be going back to see the same mechanic, hopefully to get um, some rust rust cleaned up, um, get some dents popped out, and then get a paint job. Um, just waiting on a quote for that. Yeah. All right. So um, for everyone at home, before we get started, we want to ask you to give this brand new Van Life podcast a thumbs up, five-star rating, and or honest review wherever you're listening to the podcast. We love your feedback as we continue to grow this podcast. So why don't we start out, um, you know, as we talk about cooking and food and, you know, all of the other, you know, best parts of life, starting, um, Eric and Colby, what is your setup like in your van? How do you cook? How do you store your food? What does that all look like? Yeah, when we were planning our build, it was important. Well, it was important to us to cook with induction, which meant investing in a big electrical setup with lots of solar and just generally power uh, generation capability. We looked at having a separate onboard propane system, but it was just another like bulky, bulky energy source to have on board, another type of fuel. And we wanted to minimize the the like swapping in and out of canisters and having to vent with propane and having an additional CO alarm and then you build in your cooktop. So we pretty quickly steered away from propane options and we're purely cooking with induction. As far as food storage goes, we have a large 130 liter upright fridge. It fits between four and five days of fresh produce in it. Colby and I eat a lot of fresh, fresh meals and I, we both love to cook. So, so we're, you know, cooking from scratch almost every night, but you know, even with that very large fridge, we're going grocery shopping pretty much twice a week. And there, we also have a large, um, pantry. It's, it's a vertical pantry that slides out of our galley. We have, 
let's see, a blender, a flipped, uh, a fold down tea kettle so it collapses. I am in the process of convincing Eric to let me buy an espresso machine. And my favorite part of the kitchen setup is we have a massive kitchen sink, which most people probably didn't expect me to say, but I love that. So that's us. Kayla, what about you? Yeah, so I have a two burner propane stove um, that is kind of nestled into my countertop and then the propane runs under my drawer um, sink area and over to connect to a propane tank that sits under my bed. I have found that I'm able to go probably nine-ish months in between propane fills, which is a lot longer than I expected. I cook quite a bit. Um, I don't tend to do a lot of things that like require quite a lot of long boiling or anything like that, but I've been really surprised with um, the propane. Uh, my only complaint with the propane is that uh, it um, mine is not very sensitive, so my options are kind of like rolling boil or rolling boil. Um, there's not a simmer option. Then as far as my storage, I have a Dometic cooler, so it opens in the top. It's pretty small. I want to say it's 24 liters. And I overall was really have been really happy with it. It lately, as of the last couple months, seems like it um, maybe the compressor has gone out or it's very, very dirty, um, but it has not been cooling properly lately as just kind of the other the long list of things that have not been working since we got to Central America. Um, and then my food storage is pretty basic. I have over top um, kind of overhead bins um, or cabinets that swing up to open. Um, and I have four of those that basically run from the back of the driver's seat to the foot of the bed. And uh, that is where I keep all of my food and spices. And then I have three drawers dedicated to, you know, my silverware, my knives, my spatulas. The next one down is dedicated to Tupperwares. I have Tupperwares that also double as my bowls. I don't have any separate bowls. I have two plates. Um, and then below that, I have some nesting camping um, pots and a, uh, a blender. Um, and that is pretty much, I guess I've got a strainer, which is a recent addition and a, uh, uh, a cutting board. But otherwise, um, that's pretty much all I've got in my kitchen. And I'm pretty happy with it. And again, I, I cook at home more than more often than not. Definitely in Central America, I'm guilty of eating out more. But that's, you know, when pupusas are three for a dollar um, and as delicious as they are, it's really hard to convince yourself to cook at home. Nine months between propane fills. That must be like a full 25 pound tank. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the standard one that you can get at like any, uh, get refilled at any gas station. Yeah. And I, I say nine months because it's actually been about a year in between fills, but that includes when I'm at my field site at the wind farms, I am provided with housing for three months. Um, and I'm able to cook inside of that housing situation. So I didn't really use it, um, hardly at all for three months straight out of the year. So I think it probably comes out to about every nine months. Huh? When Colby and I, I mean, we were planning on a propane system in our first van and we had sized it out and we actually bought, I think, a five pound tank, which I mean, obviously one fit the size of 25 pound. But the other option that a lot of people use is just those one pound like green Coleman propane tanks. We want something a little bigger than that. But I thought we had kind of done the uh, the power audit, the, uh, the energy density audit audit that five pounds would be figure would last us like two weeks, I think. Um, obviously we never went with it. Oh, so, wow. Uh, we are yeah. not speaking from a 
a a point of of knowledge or experience. Yeah, but, true. But yeah, a year between fills is rather good. Yeah, I mean, I am only cooking for one, and as I said, I don't do a lot of like boiling or things that would take more fuel. I'm I do a lot of like pan frying um or like steaming things and i am yeah i'm only cooking for one and i don't know maybe i eat out more than i think i do that's rather easy to happen sometimes the other thing you uh i want to ask about is your actual uh cooktop is it built into your uh your galley or your island yeah yeah it's kind of embedded into um my island um and i I, since i didn't build build sock i'm not entirely sure how it was done but you can kind of actually, if you go in under through the silver drawer, you can kind of lift it up on your own. Um, yeah, just got two little, two little burners. They're slightly different in size, but I have not actually noticed a difference in capability between the two. Yeah, that was one of the things that I think was actually a pretty big factor in us going with induction is we didn't want a permanently installed mm-hmm. induction cooktop. A lot of vans we see that do have induction cooktops also have them built in but for us it was just so much easier to have like a portable thing that we set up every single time because then when we're not using it as a cook station we have it for you know a you know our work setups um or just you know set Uh stuff during the day fold laundry uh have friends over you know we'll even you know put the cooktops away you know right after we're done cooking and before we eat, you know, so they, they don't take up space on our Island. The other thing that, uh, we hear people say that have induction cooktops built in is, you know, occasionally you drop a pot on them and they break and then you have it built in and like, there's no way to easily replace it. So that's the other thing I like about our induction cooktops is there's no like specified dimension if it you know breaks has a power issue whatever uh it's a really easy replacement yeah that's a huge plus i like that a lot um yeah i know i often end up drying my dishes on top of my cook area um and kind of that's one of the only ways that i can really multi-use that space um because yeah it's just it's got big propane grill stuff on top of it and you know i've noticed it also is one of my noisier things when i'm driving if i'm driving on washboards my stove is kind of the thing that does the most rattling particularly you know those little discs that sit in the middle of the propane thing those sometimes will even like full-on rattle off and end up off the side for me occasionally and it's you know it's not a big deal i just kind of put them back on but um, I, I think the induction, uh, would have, would have a lot of advantages that again, maybe it's not a huge deal to have extra noise when you're driving on washboard, but it'd be nice to have less. It's always nice to have less. I think too, one of the considerations for the induction is while it's nice to be able to put it away, it it does take up storage space. You know, we have one, two, three, four drawers in our kitchen, and two of them, half of the drawer is taken up by our little induction hob. Though I will say it is a much better setup than in our first van. Yeah, we had instead of, so right now we have two single induction hobs, and they're maybe like, what would you say, a foot in diameter about? So we have two single a foot inch 
inch in diameter hobs. And then in our first fan, we had a double, which is the same cookable space, but because it was a double unit, it had to have a custom drawer. So that was a big no-go for us. That thing was so, so big and it, it really was hard to get in and out. So you do lose the drawer space, but you gain like a huge amount of counter space, which we liked. Yeah. I mean, it's always a draw, a, a trade-off between those two things. So we've already started talking a little bit about some of the pros and cons between um, propane and induction. Are there any other pros or cons that you guys had considered when you were making this choice? And were there any other um, options that you had explored or people should know about as far as their cooktop options? Yeah, we looked at our lifestyle and we're actually pretty concerned about moisture buildup in the van. And, and uh, when you're cooking with an open flame, like natural gas, like propane, you're actually generating water vapor as a byproduct. So cooking with propane, I mean, aside from breathing in your van is one of the highest moisture generating uh, activities you can do in your van. And us in particular, we're spending a lot of time and plan to spend a lot of time in cold environments, i.e. winter van life skiing in Colorado, Mm -hmm. where we weren't able to just then slide the door open to let that ventilate and exhaust out really quickly. So that was another thing that made us really uh, steer clear of propane is just managing the moisture levels in our van. With electric, you just don't have that because it's a, a closed closed loop system. Non, it's not 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 an open flame in any way. So I guess that was the other uh, big driving factor for us. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I hadn't even thought of that. And I know. You know, I, um, as I'm going to be moving into van life in the Pacific Northwest here in, gosh, just, you know, four months now, which feels really close, um, I am going to have to start worrying and thinking a lot more about that moisture retention than I've had to in the past in some of my other places that I've been living. So I'll have to pick your brains on that. Yeah. Was there any other, anything else that came up in your research on um, your stovetop options that you wanted to make sure our listeners know about? I don't think so. Generally, when you cook, do you have your, you know, door open? I'm, you know, thinking of reasons why, you know, if you've never noticed it, I mean, maybe it's just because you're outside a lot more, have your door open a lot more. Is that generally the case when you're cooking? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, here in Central America, I pretty much always have everything open that I can safely, um, which at a minimum is almost always that side door, if not the back doors as well. Um, In Canada, I almost never had anything open because the bugs were so bad. And I still didn't notice it there. Um, I almost always had the fan going, but not, we had, we had a lot of rain when we were in Canada in kind of May, June. Um, So definitely had days where we were cooking inside, everything was closed up and we didn't even have the fan open and I still didn't notice it. I mean, everything was wet though. So it would be hard to say what was coming from my my cooking and what was just coming from the fact that every time the dogs went and came and went from the van, they brought in, you know, four liters of water. And yeah, same goes for cooking in the in the van in the winter in Colorado. I didn't notice it. Um, we did have a pretty high amount of condensation on our windows, but I think I'm, I'm so quick to blame the dogs for condensation and water that I wouldn't necessarily have noticed if it was coming from the cooktop. Yeah, and it depends on how much you're cooking. If you're just, you know, pan frying meals for quick 10 minutes, you know, it's 
not going to be as bad as, yeah, boil, bringing a full pot of water to boil for spaghetti that might take, you know, 25 or 30 minutes to, you know, bring to completion. Yeah, definitely. And I am, I am pretty judicious about always having fans going as long as it's not like actively really, really cold out, whether that's for drying things off or cooling things down. So that might help. I have noticed actually my cabinet right above my sink does seem to have a little bit, um, it's a little bit wider, which I assume is some amount of water damage from the steam now that, now that we're talking about it. Yeah, that's, that's very possible. I mean, that's where we get kind of moisture buildup, but I guess no damage on our end yet. Maybe we're just, uh, our van is newer. Um, we did polyurethane all everything. So it should have some bit of a, uh, you know, moisture protection to it. But the other big like cooking appliance that, that you need, and Colby and I spent a lot of time thinking about this is, is our fridge. Cause that's how we, you know, store food. What is, uh, you said earlier, you have a, you have a fridge on board and some people are surprised to, to hear that. What do you have? What do you have for a fridge and what made you, what do you like? What do you not like about it? Yeah. So I have a Dometic, um, electric cooler. It opens from the top and then it has two little compartments, um, they're pretty deep, or, or my big compartment is pretty deep. I would say it goes to about my elbow if I'm kind of reaching all the way in. And then the, there's a smaller container up, high, up or high, up higher up. Um, I am not the hugest fan of my fridge, um, primarily because of what I just mentioned. It is since it is a top loading fridge and it's really really deep it can be a little bit challenging to figure out how to store kind of breakable or small or bruisable items in it. Um, I also eat a lot of produce and a lot of eggs. I'm, uh, when I'm in the U S I'm kind of vegetarian pescatarian here in Latin America. I just kind of eat everything. Um, so I always have eggs on board. I'm a huge, huge egg person. Um, and I have broken a lot more eggs than I'm used to kind of since living in the van because of how deep the fridge is and how it's kind of hard to figure out how to store it well. Yeah, I also find spinach is just really hard because it is, again, it's such a small space. And um, if I buy bag spinach, which is the smartest option in a van, um, it just gets crushed and then it gets slimy faster. Um, so I think if I were doing it all over again, I would probably go for an option that was side loading um, or front loading, I guess, rather than top loading. Um, and I actually am likely going to need to be replacing this fridge here, as I kind of mentioned up top. Um, but because of how my van is constructed, I'm not really sure if I'm going to have options for switching over to a different sort of fridge without kind of having to redo you know, the rest of my galley because it, it's kind of built around the fridge, which is something maybe to consider as you're going in with any of these appliances. If you are not a hundred percent sure about your appliances or think you might want to change them in the future, I don't know, I guess know that that may or may not be an option depending on how you construct the rest of your van and the rest of your galley, because it would, if I try to go with anything other than basically the same model of Dometic, it is going to be like a massive, basically redoing the entire um, galley of my van sort of project. So honestly, I'm lazy. I'm probably just going to get the same one again, even with some of the caveats I've mentioned. Yes, yes, yes. I completely agree. We basically designed our galley around our fridge. And luckily, you know, we had a trial run where we got to test out if we liked a specific fridge and we absolutely loved it. We, we have the front loading. I think Eric mentioned the front loading, 130 liter. It's an isotherm 
And in our previous van, we had the same upright style, but it was slightly smaller. So we learned that we wanted bigger, but staying upright, I genuinely think, I feel like this is one of the things actually that van lifers debate about though, is because I think drawer versus upright is entirely like food slash person preference. Some people are die hard, like drawer is so much more efficient and I can access all my food so easily. But then, you know, it at least what I've seen, the people who have more fresh produce and like to cook a lot tend to go for upright. And I feel bad that we don't have better advice between choosing between them. But um, I would I would say that we absolutely love our upright style fridge. The other thing that I hear people say uh, between them is that the chest freezers uh, or chest fridges don't lose as much cold when you open them mm. so they i've heard that they're a little more power efficient for us i wasn't super concerned we have loads of solar and power generation capability on our van and for me it was purely a an issue of you know how easy is it to use i i, I didn't like the idea of having to like stack my food you know five layers deep on top of each other i really like having the shelves where you can have you know one layer of food that you can pull out yeah. you know at a time we got a drawer for our meat we got a little tiny freezer compartment um i really like the the usability of of our fridge and kayla did you say how many liters your chest style fridge was i would have to double check but i want to say it's like 25 liters or something it's i was surprised when i looked up the model how small it is um and that is definitely something it's a limitation again even as like i mean I, I keep saying I'm one person, but I've had Danny or someone with me for uh, like six plus months now. Um, we're grocery shopping probably t- almost every day here. We're buying some more produce, um, although a lot of the produce here in Latin America is so fresh that that's kind of the way you want to do it anyway. I really, this is an excellent discussion to have because I think our vans are polar opposites in the cooking department, which I didn't realize until today. You know, we've got induction versus propane. We've got small chests versus large upright. Like, what else do we have? It's awesome. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I have, I'm having a lot of fridge envy. Yeah, fridge envy is real. The longer you can stay off grid, the better, at least for us. Mm-hmm. Um so those are all kind of the semi-built-in appliances. Are there any other useful kitchen-specific items that you have that you would recommend or not recommend? Yeah, I am a big old minimalist. Like, if it if I can't cook it in maybe one pot and one skillet, I'm not interested. Uh As I said, I did just upgrade to getting a strainer. That was a very big deal for us. And like I have one knife, I have a couple spoons, I have a spatula and then a spaghetti spoon sort of thing that I use a lot for a lot of other stuff. I did actually used to have two spoons, like two cooking spoons and one has disappeared and I just haven't bothered to fix, replace it. I mean, my blender is my, my one little splurge that I've got in my, um, in my kitchen Um, and I got that specifically for coming to Latin America, knowing how, um, cheap and ubiquitous the fresh fruit, um, is down here. And 
It's been perfect. It is mango season right now. We are literally like, you have to be careful about where you park your van because I'm pretty sure I'm going to have my solar panels cracked by a falling mango um, one of these days here. Um, they're like you, every time you talk to someone, they hand you a bag full of mangoes. It's like zucchini season in Wisconsin. So all of that is to say, I don't have a lot of like fancy special things. My one little thing that I, that I can think of is I tend to get my spices in bulk and I put them in little bags. Um, and then they live in a little wire or mesh box within, um, one of my cabinets. So when I'm cooking, I can pull that whole thing out and the bags can then compress after I've finished cooking or as, you know, as my garlic salt depletes or whatever, um, rather than having a whole bunch of um, jars. But what about you guys? We have the same thing in our van with just bulk spice bags. I mean, we also have a slide out pantry that has jars, but we do have the the basket of bulk spices. We love Penzi spices, especially uh, Northwoods is one of our uh, staple spices. I mean, we'll put it on on our meats and pretty much every day for breakfast, we put it on our potatoes and eggs. But as far as like other useful items, I feel like we have a lot of kitchen gadgets and I really love to, to cook. So my favorite thing, thank you, Brian. Thank you, BVP is our collapsible tea kettle. He actually got this, uh, for us as a van warming gift for our first van. And we still have it and we still use it every day to, make coffee in the morning and tea. And it's just, it's so nice to have, mm -hmm. to not have to put a, a pot on the stove to actually boil the water, but also it's very compact and van efficient. And I think it just boils 16 ounces at a time. So it's like the perfect yeah. amount for, you know, a French press in the morning or, you know, one person it's not tea at night. Love tea at night. Yeah. So that's probably, my absolute number one, especially van specific appliance. Other things we have, what we have an immersion blender. And I think we use this more in the fall when we make a lot of soups, a yeah. lot of like butternut squash soups. We don't have a rice cooker and everybody tells us to get a rice cooker. Yeah. They love their rice cooker. They love their uh, Instapot kind of in the same vein. We don't, we'll just throw a <laughs> pot of rice on the, uh, on our second induction stovetop. I mean, once you're, it seems like people, Instapot people are Instapot people. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> Instapot people are Instapot people. You know, I will say though, the one like season I wished I had a rice cooker was in Colorado. We were at 10,000 feet and the entire winter we struggled like none other to make rice. <laughs> it's so hard at elevation. Um, and oh, let's see some of the other stuff we have. You say we're kind of gadgety, but I don't think so. We just have the standard, you know, spatulas, wooden spoons. We we have a very beautiful set of chopsticks that we got in Park City, like little things like that. We do have a magic bullet blender. It's the 900. That's the same one. one I have. Oh, really? So what do you what do you make with it? I guess it's hot. Yeah, where you are, I mean though. it's hot where I am. Um, I have made soups with it before, um, like bisques and whatnot. Um, I have a, like a garlic soup that I really like making if I'm sick that uses like something ridiculous, like 55 cloves of garlic. Um, but, uh, here my, my go-to blender thing is one banana, one mango, uh, fistful of ginger and yogurt. Um, and then that is a delightful smoothie. Um, 
and uh, just kind of switch up the flavors of the yogurt every time. But yeah, I, I, I do a lot of smoothies down here. Okay. I think maybe because we chase snow and cold, we haven't had the desire to make a smoothie, but I now have high hopes. I was actually going to start to say I've been debating pulling the the blender out (laughs) for our journey up north, but I think I'm going to keep it now and try that smoothie. I think at this point we've taken enough out of our van that it feels like it has a lot more usable space in it. So maybe the blender can stay for now. Okay, fair. And then we have room for an espresso machine. (laughs) tbd (laughs) on air commitment yes (laughs) um yeah i mean i will say i don't know what season you're going up to alaska and your experience may be different but i found fresh produce so hard to find um up north that it might be something that's worth leaving behind i you know yeah i didn't i didn't use my i bought mine right before heading south and i did didn't miss having a blender when i was up north Brings up a good point. What uh, what did you do in Alaska? What it, what was your experience finding food? Maybe your favorite favorite meals, your meal prep strategy for Alaska. If you have any favorite meals for van life in general, um, feel free to share. Yeah, I <laughs> I mean I cook like a poor college student um, who has a slightly better vegetable budget. So my kind of go-to things that I always keep around are Annie's white shells, mac and cheese. I make that, um, on long run days in particular, uh, with peas and sriracha. It's my, my personal little, little touch on it. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, here in Latin America, I've been doing a lot of ramen bombs. So I'll make like a show you soft boiled egg, um, a couple hours before. So you soft boil an egg and then you put it in a bag full of, um, soy sauce and let it sit and kind of marinate. Um, and then, uh, broccoli, mushrooms, garlic, uh, gosh, I'm like having to translate all the names of vegetables in my head. Cause I can't remember onion. That's the word. And, uh, yeah, then that's kind of, that's our other big go-to here. Um, and then I'm a huge breakfast person. Generally what I do is I'll eat breakfast a little bit later. I like to kind of get up, surf, run, work, whatever until like 10 or so. Then I take a break from work for an hour or so to make like a long, slow brunch. Uh, and then I go back to work again. So I'm often eating two meals a day, one at like 11 AM and another at like six, five or six. Um, so my breakfasts tend to be pretty extravagant with, um, you know, tortillas and potatoes and veggies and eggs and, you know, all sorts of stuff. It kind of switch up whether it's a scramble or an omelet or, you know, who knows what, um, kind of in there. What about you guys? What are some of your go-tos? Definitely pad thai. Pad thai has been a staple of ours for, uh, as long as we've ever been together, even in apartment living. Uh, one thing actually, uh, curries have been have been big recently and we also recently stocked up on enough curry paste to last us all through alaska (laughs) so we got these little like uh four ounce tins of uh, curry paste uh one tin perfectly splits into two meals so i figured uh two curries a week and you know if we're in alaska roughly 12 weeks i got a dozen tins of of curry paste so they're all uh, scrolled away, which brings up another good point of food storage. For the longest time, I mean, our food storage is in the front of the van. We have a pullout shelf and two overhead cabinets. But to prep for Alaska, we're actually like going to bring a whole bunch of bulk foods in. So we got like a big 
what, probably five-gallon bin? Yeah. Or so, one of the big, like, Home Depot bins, ostensibly. Um, but, yeah, we have all that curry paste in it. And we're just stocking up on a lot of, well, I guess right now it's pretty much just Asian food. Rice. So, uh, we have 15 pounds of rice. We have, like, eight packs of rice sticks, rice noodles. What else? Curry paste. Wow, we got a lot of Thai food. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have all our Thai food there. I, we'll probably stock up on beans and coconut milk and basically stuff to make our our favorite meals, I guess, which is just Pad Thai and curry. Yeah, and actually for me to circle back a little bit more directly um, to the question about how I prepped for going up to the Arctic. I also, so there's an amazing bulk food um, grocery store in Missoula and I went there and I bought whole bunch of different dehydrated soups and um, made some of my own dehydrated um, curries and gumbos as well um, using a friend's dehydrator. And then I bought a bunch of, um, what is it called? It's like the dehydrated um, textured veggie protein. Um, And I actually still have some of that um, as well as lentils. So I just, and I'm a huge lentil person. So um, I just stocked up on a lot of that sort of stuff. Um, and then also the rice question, I personally like don't tell my any of my uh, uh, ex-boyfriend's grandparents, but I just use instant rice. Um, uh, and I say that because uh, I was I dated a Japanese guy for a really long time and they got us like a new upgraded rice cooker every couple of years. Um, and uh, they would probably be horrified at my instant rice, but that has been my uh, one of my van life compromises. Yeah, I think having some extra long-term storage for food is really not a bad idea, no matter where you're going. We are just building space for it now, but I feel like it might be something we we continue because there's nothing worse than being in a beautiful spot and loving your boondocking and and having to go into town for, for food because you're literally empty, which is kind of how we've always done it. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be like a full, complete meal, but just like calories to stretch you another day if you don't want to move. And a lot of times, like, you can just kludge together, like, a leftover night. But if you don't have, like, if you don't have the staples in your van, I think that's a little little harder to do. Yeah, it's funny that you guys say that because as as we speak, um, I just had to mute myself because Danny came over and let me know he is hopping on the back of a motorcycle from a dude that he just met and they're going into town to try to find avocados because um, (laughs) we are, (laughs) we have no food that we can eat that is very good without avocados. So (laughs) as we speak, Danny is like riding on the back of a stranger's motorcycle to go acquire um, (laughs) a a, a staple in El Salvador. (laughs) That's amazing. That is such a vibe. Okay, so here in um, in El Salvador, our staples that we pretty much always have on board are tortillas, um, these veggie refried beans that come in pouches that are dirt cheap down here. Um, we keep around onions, green peppers, garlic, mm, tomatoes, uh, fresh fruit, um, hard cheese, eggs and avocado and that's pretty much it and that makes up um the vast majority of our at-home cooking kind of various uh (laughs) permutations of kind of those materials every once in a while we'll get fresh fish or shrimp um to kind of spice things up um and then as i said we keep the ramen and the annie's mac and cheese around 
every once in a while we make something a little bit different. Like I'll make a, a lentil curry or like a pasta or something. But for most of our meat-based dishes in particular, we're getting those when we go out to eat. And uh, yeah, yeah, our basics here are, are pretty are pretty basic. And it is funny um, kind of looking at what my, I consider my basics here versus my basics when I'm back in the U.S. because I do not consider avocados like a daily must-have um, in the U.S. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said for just being flexible, but also just in that you are in a, you know, smaller, more confined space and you're not gonna, you're going to adjust your lifestyle a little bit moving from, you know, a house into, into a van. And I mean, that just goes back to being flexible in, in a lot of ways in van life. I mean, there are a lot of things you, you compromise on for, you know, the, the freedom of living on the road and traveling and yeah, in some ways cooking is one of them, but uh, we just need to keep in mind, or, or we just need to, we just need to you know, pare down and you know make our meals a little, a little more simple, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know listening to you both talk about um, all the Asian food that you're eating and the Thai foods has uh, has me really missing that as an option. Um, but yeah, I have to go with what I can get available at most of the uh, the little tiendas down here. Um, the closest supermarket to where I've been mostly staying in El Salvador is a 20 minute drive away versus I can kind of walk across the street to these little tiendas and they will have kind of like basic um, shelf stable veggies, you know, things like, well, not shelf stable, but you know, the, the onions, the garlic, the peppers, the potatoes um, around and then the beans and the tortillas and anything a little bit more exotic like that. Like if I want lentils, if I want curry powder, um, I mean, honestly, curry powder, I might have to go all the way into San Salvador for. So it's just being flexible and kind of <laughs> taking it, taking what you can get where you are. Um, I was thinking we might want to kind of finish up here with any last little like pro tips for the actual, for the build, for what you keep around or for the actual act of cooking. What, what have you both found to be the things that keep you successful and happy as, uh, as chefs in the van? Yeah, I've got a small list of things. I mentioned this before, but I love, love, love not having a built-in cook cooktop. I think a lot of people think they need to build it in to have it like a complete, you know, space. And I think that's just transferring over the mindset of living in a house and you have, you know, a built-in gas range or something to a van. And I don't think that's necessary. The other things I love are having some of the very basic you know, cooking utensils and and dishware, not in a drawer. So we have both a knife rack that a magnetic wall mounted knife rack that I think we have three or four knives on. No, they don't fall. They, they have never fallen in either van. I really like that. And then we built in cup holders, uh, to our, to our van. It sits what to the right of the sink, kind of where we dry our, our dishes. There's a big area of counter. And you have like a raised mid-level shelf with like our drinking glasses. And then the last thing I'm going to say is a flip-up counter on the end of your galley. Just makes a lot more cooking space. And I'm going to add two things. One of them is a mindset. So if you're traveling with a partner, it is one cook in the kitchen. And I know the kitchen is the van, which is the bedroom, which is the office, but genuinely try as hard as you can. If one person is cooking, then one person is cooking and the other is like reading or going for a walk. It 
it just makes a much more pleasant experience. And then my second one is a big sink. I don't know where along the van build revolution tiny sinks became popular. I understand that maybe people thought it saved like counter space or something, but I promise you we have a massive, I think it's 24 inches deep, massive sink that is not unusable space on our counter. You know, we can put the cutting board and like a drying grate over top and shove a bunch of dishes in it and drive away. And and it also makes doing dishes a lot more pleasant, which then makes me, you know, want to cook more because I'm not afraid that I'm going to have to do all the dishes later. So I think that's it. What about you, Kayla? Yeah, I, I definitely just echoing the one cook in the kitchen thing. I am kind of constantly keeping, I, I mean, I think so much of it is just like, for me, it's basic meal planning. So just kind of constantly assessing what I have on hand, thinking about what I want to be eating next, um, what staples I'm missing, and um, just kind of constantly making sure that I'm all up to date on that. I... I yeah, I'm, I'm really very basic with my food. I am someone who is very happy to kind of eat the same um, several meals in a row for several weeks at a time. And then I do switch it up. Like I go through I go through phases. But um, yeah, and I can definitely uh, echo the sink thing. I have a pretty small sink that also my um, my my water uh, system is very weak. And the, the faucet that I have does not reach my entire sink. So um, one of the little things that Danielle does that drives me nuts is he, when he's peeling potatoes, peels them into the sink um, or really kind of does anything. He kind of like puts the compost into the sink and he is the master chef of, chef of the van and cooks for me almost every single day. So I can't complain about this very much, but it's really hard to clean my sink because of the combination of water pressure and how my sink um, and how my faucet reaches everything. And it's just like one of those little things that um, sometimes makes it hard to be grateful for the fact that my boyfriend just like made homemade ceviche for me or something uh, because I'm having to deal with like, you know, fistfuls of um, shrimp tails and uh, onion peelings and whatever uh, with my hands instead of with anything uh, that is actually built into my van. Yeah, we're definitely very careful what we put down our, our sink, which is nothing. We got a little drain trap there. So yeah. And I have a little drain trap. It's just that because of the angle of my sink and the power of my faucet and the fact that my faucet doesn't reach most corners of the th the sink, it's a, a pretty intensive process to even just get solids to wash down into the trap um, so that they can be removed. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, with all of that, I think we're just about done here. So I hope that everyone um, learned something and thank you all for listening at home. If you'd like to keep in touch with Eric and Colby, find them online at engineers who van life, both um, .com and on Instagram. You can find myself and my menagerie at Collies without borders on Instagram and check out our entire series on our, uh, our Arctic road trip on YouTube. If you've learned anything or have any further suggestions for cooking and van life, find us on social media, drop us, uh, drop us a line. We'd love to hear, hear your feedback. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye everyone. See you next week.